and welcome to You Need to See This, an every other weekly film podcast about filling the gaps in our collective cinematic experience. I'm Bree, and I'm joined by my co-host. Cozy Orland. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> hi. Hello. There's a weird echo that I'm experiencing, and you may also be experiencing. Oh, no. Hi, I'm... Hello. Hi. No. I'm... Oh, oh, wait. A real echo or just oh, the no, echo? Oh, no. A bit echo. A bit echo. Okay, good. <laughs> sorry. I'm traumatized by real echoes. Um... Yeah. Oh, no. God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, all good. Um, no, I'm glad. I'm glad it's a bit. I like bit echoes. I don't <laughs> like stuck guy. in the void echoes. Yeah, no. Uh, any any of us who have been stuck in voids in the past, it's, it's not something to joke around about. <laughs> <laughs> I have void ptsd okay oh no awful so sorry <laughs> uh anyway um <laughs> we are comedians despite me not getting a bit uh we are writers <laughs> and we are always late to weddings oh no weddings uh every episode one of us tries to convince the other and the audience that they need to see a specific film and we do it all with no spoilers that's very true yeah um, and today, Cozy. Oh, before we do that, I have a We Saw It. <gasps> oh, okay, great. That's right, out of nowhere. <laughs> it is out of nowhere, yes. But I welcome it. <laughs> oh, perfect. What What did you watch? Oh, uh, well, I watched Raise the Red Lantern last night. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, when I was, when I was, so... After Raise the Red Lantern, after watching it, I was like, okay, so I definitely either saw this before or at least I saw parts of it because okay. I truly do remember the story and the situation, mm -hmm. um, if not like necessarily some of the details about dynamics and certain things like that. Yeah. I, I know I was confusing it with Memoirs of a Geisha, but after like rewatching the Memoirs of a Geisha trailer, it's such a different movie. So there's, I don't even know if I watched that one at this point. So I'm just dumb. But regardless of all of that, um, uh, for Raise the Red Lantern, here are my thoughts. Okay. Uh, it had a really, 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 really slow start after a very good scene at the very beginning. Yeah. Like such a slow start. And like I was falling asleep a little bit and I was already tired. But once everything settled in and all like the dynamics were established, I was very locked in. Okay. And the slow patience of it felt a lot more doable than it did before that. So I think that if I weren't in my 30s, I would not have liked this movie at all. Right. But now, but now I feel like I really can. Appre I was able to appreciate it effectively. So that was good. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like I get the slow start thing too. And I remember it's like that first image and that first scene where you're just like hearing uh hearing this voice and you just kind of see her face like reacting to yeah that was awesome but after right after that i was like okay now they're just moving things in a slow way and there are these shots of building of like parts of this sort of um compound or whatever you would call it in a nicer way um right yeah just like a, a an estate i guess sort of a yeah. large estate and parts of it and i was like Okay, so they're slowly doing this part and they're slowly doing that part and she's like slowly walking through this place and yeah, it just it it's... lost me so quickly. Yeah, I get that. I think I I feel like uh I probably had a different experience with it because I watched it in I think I watched it in like a class or something or I had to watch it for a class so I had to be engaged. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Um and it is but I do feel like 
yeah I feel like it does pay off once you get past like this kind of like the slower beginning and like the first shot and the first scene with like (laughs) her and the mom like I'm like okay like it's captivating enough to where I hope that that like you know that kind of emotional weight kind of carries on eventually (laughs) yeah that was such a cool start I really appreciate it it's like here's this character that you don't have any experience with and you have no concept of and she's immediately like crying and like you're really like, oh my God, what's going on with this situation? This is awful. I feel bad for her, all this stuff. Even though she sort of is like, fine, I'll do a dumb thing to myself. Yeah. I'm sort of like, at the end of that, I was like, oh no, wait, you didn't have to choose that guy. Okay, like that was, some of that was on you, but the societal thing also isn't on her. So it's kind of a weird combo of stuff. But um, It is, yeah. and it, it's so much like, I feel like such a different understanding of also like, what you know what we consider like you know an independence here and then versus like sort of culturally like you know yeah the, some of it was on her but also like you know whatever you do it yeah. even though it's it's your choice it's like you do what you think is best for your family even if it's like really not the best <laughs> yeah it was such a strange it was such a strange thing because I feel like I've seen so many things like that where they're like you're gonna do this thing that you don't like and there's no choice but with her it was like fine, you've been annoying me about this. I guess I'll do it. What kind of guy? I don't know. A guy who's going to hate me, whatever. You know, it's like- Yeah, it just some rich like, guy. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. felt kind of rebellious. She's like, fine, I'll be a fucking concubine, even though that wasn't- She's like, no, but that doesn't sound good. And she's like, no, mom, I made my call. And you're like, well, then it's kind of on you, but it's also not because that's a shitty thing to do as a guy. It's Yeah, it's- yeah. It's complex, yeah. It's complex and I'm not used to, I, I feel like- I feel like I'm used to a lot of stories where instead of it being complex, it's very black and white of like the parents are the bad guys and they're making you like truly like Disney level junk where it's like these are bad guys making you do a thing and here this guy sucks. And yeah, so starting it off complicated, I think definitely reinforced the fact that she was 19 and kind of had feelings about things and was already like this society is already kind of fucked and all women are kind of in a bad situation you're like well okay well if she already kind of feels like there's nothing she can do I kind of get that too right she sort of just accepted her fate even even with like this rebellious spirit she's like yeah accepting what's coming and like I think you hit the nail right there too when you said it's like it's just I think starting out that way with the complexes because it's like we're used to like seeing complexities and characters like over Mm. over the film but like I think at the very first scene you're not used to being like so for being so like oh multiple motives for like kind of making this decision yeah or even and some of them not even being motives of just like being uh, annoyed enough to make that choice or it's truly just like an emotional choice rather than a logic choice right where she's like, well, I'm screwed anyway. I might as well be with a rich guy and be unhappy than a, any other guy and be unhappy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like a weird sort of like, yeah, I guess the 19-year-old aspect of just like, fine. Like, yeah, like, like women are destined to be unhappy in marriages anyway. So I guess I'll marry a rich guy, whatever. Right. Like, who cares? At, at least if I'm going to have, if at least if I have to do this, I should do it. <laughs> yeah, or at least if you're going to annoy me about it, I'm going to do yeah (laughs) i was so surprised that she's like fine you keep bringing this up i guess i'll get married and i was like oh okay (laughs) all right well that was big (laughs) yeah that's that's fair 
Um, yeah, it was, it was. I was very surprised about about that aspect, and then I was like, "All right, well, hopefully she'll make the best of it." But you know, it's one of those kinds of stories. But I did. But aside from that, I really did like how powerful it was at the beginning in general, and I was like, "Cool, I really like this first scene." Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I felt like there were a lot of effective motifs in this. I also thought that and then was like, Jesus Christ, what's the last time I used the word motifs? Yeah. Why do I remember what that means? Um, but and then I looked it up to remind myself. And I'm like, yeah, of course, that those were motifs. You can't just call them patterns um, that were symbolic or whatever. Yeah, those are motifs. Uh, mm-hmm. This movie had a lot of audio and visual motifs that I really appreciated. Yeah, yeah. It's a very film school film, I feel like. Right? Oh, fully. In a, in good in good and bad ways, I think. And like I feel like yeah. it's good to kind of hear your experience watching it like outside of that context cuz like mm-hmm. I think because I watched it in film school the second time I watched it like um or I, it might have been like the third time I'd watched it. Like I already kind of appreciated it because I felt like I I had to sit through it the first time. Oh, sure, of course. Um so it's a totally different experience going into it without you know knowing you're gonna get um have to write about it at the end of the class or something oh of course and it's that feeling of like there are some things that feel really film like film schooly or like film classy and then other things that still feel that way but also don't feel like um overdone or like stereotypical at that point we're just like yeah like these are incredible shots but they're also actually incredible shots. Like I am enjoying these. I'm not just being told that they symbolize loneliness or whatever. <laughs> right. No, the, it's like, it is be- a beautiful, like sin- the, the the framing and like, and it is slow. Like there are a lot of very still shots that are just kind of like establishing this. Yeah. Like slowly lighting lanterns and slowly doing all the lanterny things. And you're just like, okay, the this has stakes and weight in this world. I understand that. But also, I'm tired and I'm on a couch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but but you know, I mean, when you when you understand the stakes more and you're really like locked into the story, they really do have more of an effect on you and things like that. And 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 so yeah, I mean, I thought it was just like a really good bleak movie. It is very bleak. Um, yeah, I, is... I'm I'm always on the watch. I'm on the lookout for bleak movies ever since I heard of that as a concept because. I feel like I never really realized that there were bleak movies to the extent that these, that this one is bleak. Yeah. It's very bleak. It's uh, it's like, yeah, it's one of those movies that I feel like I've watched it, you know, like three, three times or so, but like, Mm -hmm. it's one of those ones that it's, I feel like bleak movies are harder to rewatch. Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like I've never, because I'm still, I'm still, thinking or i'm still re recategorizing or re-genreing movies as bleak movies in my mind the only ones i can think of are like this and grave of the fireflies and i'm like yeah those would oof. be very hard to rewatch. <laughs> yeah oof, yeah that one is rough yeah movies that have a slow decline in a in a specific way where it's just like well not this well not that well nothing well uh, you know and yeah i could see that being a tough one interesting well, but, uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I like a bleak movie. I'm on board for bleak. <laughs> good. Well, I'm glad I got. I'm glad it paid off in the end, and I'm glad you got through the slow parts because I get why that would be hard to sit through. Um, yeah, or it's truly, I was just like, well, I've already, you know, I'm already tired, and I'm already on my couch, and all the lights are already off. So, 
it's going to have to give me something or else I'm doomed. <laughs> right. Or else you're going to pass out. Yeah. Yeah. It's truly just wishing that you were in a better physical, mental sort of place to be for, for patients. I feel like I can nail patients in a movie theater, but when I'm at home, it's not always the case. That's another thing too. I feel like this would be, I never saw this in a movie theater, but I feel mm. like I bet it would be a lot more enjoyable in a movie theater. Oh, absolutely. No question. Yeah. I mean, most movies are, but I feel like this particular one was meant to be, it, it's like probably best enjoyed in, in like a theater, movie theater setting. Yeah. You can feel it a little bit more and you're yeah. still in, in it a little bit more too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, even despite that, thought it was very good. Good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good, good, good. Well, this movie that we're about to talk about is not that bleak. Nice. Um, <laughs> also good. <laughs> also good. Yeah. Um. So today I'm going to try to convince you to watch Four Weddings and a Funeral. Ooh. This is a 1994 romantic comedy. Nice. And Cozy, you need to see this. I'm curious about this. This has always been one of those, uh, you know, movies that I'd heard about when it was happening, when it came out, all this stuff. And um very sort of make fun of all name or very like specific name also and uh iconic people in it so I'm like yeah I'm always I've always been curious yeah it's good um anyway I, I'll uh, get into the synopsis of it sweet okay so lovable and eternally tardy Englishman Charles played by Hugh Grant and <laughs> his group of friends seems to be unlucky in love always the wedding guests never the bride nor groom when Charles meets a beautiful American named Carrie at a wedding, he thinks his luck may have changed. But after one magical night, Carrie returns to the States, ending what might have been. Charles and Carrie's paths continue to cross over a handful of nuptials and one funeral. But will Charles and Carrie ever get their timing right? Ooh, I really like that architecture. I never, I had no idea that this movie had that kind of architecture. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Huh. I don't even know what I thought it was, honestly, uh, aside from uh, those the, those things happening. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, I guess it's a wedding's a funeral. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, but yeah, interesting. Cool. Yeah. I like it so far. Good. Um, it's directed by Mike Newell, who did uh, Donnie Brasco, uh, The Prince didn't of Persia. It. Didn't see it. Um, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Certainly didn't see it. Into the West, which I have not seen. I don't know that one. Uh, and I've seen a lot of, uh, I think I've seen all the other ones. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and then written by Richard Curtis, who did uh, Love Actually. Oh, okay. I remember loving that one. Yeah. Yesterday, which I did not watch. Don't know that one. Um, Bridget Jones. Oh, I love Bridget Jones. Yes. Big fan. Yes. Uh, I remember this... loving uh, at least two of those, if not three. I don't know if there was a third one, but I remember loving two of them. Yes. I don't know if there was a third, but I do. I know the two that I, yeah, the, the first two. Good. Oh, a delight, a real treat. Uh, Mr. Bean. Sure. Um, the Boat That Rocked. I have not seen that. I don't know that one. Yeah. Um, but a lot of good hits here. Love Actually, yeah. Bridget Jones. Yeah, that's good. That's like, that's very, very, very solid rom-com like uh, uh, resume stuff. Yes, right. Like somebody who has done it well. And this was, uh, I believe, before all of those. So um, yeah, that's kind of exciting. A, good, a good sort of like seed of like seeing, you know, 
his sensibilities, I guess, to begin with. <laughs> I think so. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and oh, you know what? And then also the director did uh, Mona Lisa Smile, which I have not seen, but I've heard that it was good. I also uh, have not seen that one, but I have heard of it. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, not a thing I've heard referenced in a long time. I feel like time forgot that one. I I think so. Honestly, like just looking at the list now, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that being like talked about, but... Yeah, it feels like it has girl with the pearl earring feelings for me for some reason, too. Another one I didn't see. <laughs> yes. It has just like classic work of art, but movie made around it. Right. To some degree, though I have no idea if the Mona Lisa is involved in Mona Lisa Smile or what it's even about at this point. It's been so long. Yeah, honestly, me neither. <laughs> um, But maybe I'll watch that eventually. Maybe. Um, yeah. So this movie stars, as mentioned, Hugh Grant, plays the leading man, Charles, mm-hmm. who is in a lot of movies. Uh, <laughs> very Being recently. Very charming. Very charming British. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've loved him in many, many, many things, even before his villain turn in a fun way. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was recently, and I honestly didn't remember, and I saw this movie very recently, but he was in the most... Uh, in in the Dungeons and Dragons movie that yeah good villain good villain yeah um, definitely yeah Glass Onion of course Bridget Jones right Love Actually yeah so that Padding, like Paddington Two right Paddington Two <laughs> I, ha- I have not seen any of the Paddingtons whoa I should write that on my list right now then because that is exciting news yes I that's very exciting news actually <laughs> it's it's you know I've I've I feel like I wanted to watch Paddington and it was like Paddington 2 became such like a joke in so many things because it's so good <laughs> and I yep. heard it's so good that it's like oh yeah you know it makes people cry um these are that... all very accurate things I I never saw the first one I straight up only started we started watching the second one like my my mom and I I think just like randomly it was like oh we should watch something I was on vacation speaking of I feel like I've talked about that recently and then I was just like well, I guess we could watch Paddington too, even though I haven't seen the first one. And then by the end, we were like dead because it was so good. So that's okay. good news. <laughs> See, and I think what's prevented me from watching, because I've heard, you know, I I feel like it's, I know Paddington came out, but I feel like, you know, all the rage was for Paddington too. And yeah. to me, I was like, well, do you have like, you know, is it a movie you can go into without watching the first one? But it sounds like a lot of people went in that way. Yeah, I think it's a very, that, that's a very safe thing to say i definitely have gone i i went to an into it fully not having a clue about the first one so i think it's incredibly safe okay well i yeah so add that to your list um very much so gotta put that high (laughs) up on the list because that's exciting news yes and we have hugh grant in this who is great nice (laughs) Um, uh and maybe honestly i feel like i'm i'm just setting myself up to try to make this as good as paddington too which i know it won't be Nothing, but nothing can be. That's the problem. <laughs> nothing can be. Um, <laughs> we, whatever movie we talk about on this podcast, it will never be Paddington 2. Yeah, like another format of the, an alternative format of this podcast would be comparing every movie that ever existed to Paddington 2 and then just being like, here's why it's better. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I do love a whole podcast spinoff of just like, is it be- like, it just, is it called, is it as good as Paddington 2? And it's yeah, always exactly. no. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
Paddington 2 versus or something. Yeah, God. Yeah, Paddington 2 versus, and then every episode is whatever the movie is. And then everyone tries so hard, and then they're like, sorry, Schindler's it's... List just can't <laughs> just can't make it work. It's just not the same. The yeah, it's just Paddington 2 does it so well. They fluctuate. The emotional arc is just <laughs> is just insane. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about because I haven't seen it, but oh yeah, I almost I almost uh, mentioned some things that I should save for you because you haven't seen it. Okay. <laughs> um, I know it's a bear. <laughs> That's there a good go. start. <laughs> um, okay. Who else is in this movie? Uh, Andy McDowell. Oh yeah. Oh, she's great. I'm always happy to hear her name in things. I, I wish she was doing more. Yeah, I know. I was like, uh, I'm not sure recently. Um, right. Andy has been in, but you know, Clearly has a lot of movies, Groundhog Day, uh, Sex, Lies, and Videotape, Multiplicity. Ooh, Multiplicity. Oh, what a treat. St. Elmo's Fire, not seen that one. I haven't either. That one's always kind of been somewhere in my in my 80s brain. Yeah. Um, there's James Fleet in this, um, who I honestly didn't recognize like i i feel like he he had like a familiar face but i wasn't like oh i didn't know what movies he was in but uh mm. was in phantom of the opera and sense and sensibility oh. which feels very uh british and <laughs> appropriate um, yeah to me that that guy has a name that sounds a lot like uh every male pop star right now interesting James okay. Fleet. Yeah, I heard his record. I saw him with James Blunt and James something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> Bruno James Mars. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Uh, let's see. Charlotte Coleman, who I don't think has really done a whole lot, but is, plays my favorite character in this. Um, Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, tragically, I ju actually just found out looking into this, uh, passed away at a pretty young age at 33 from like an asthma attack, which is Oh, no, that's I horrifying. Know. That's a nightmare. Horrible, oh. but great in this movie. So something amazing to. Yeah, a good performance preserved. Yes. Makes a difference. Oh, yeah. Also, Andy McDowell, I'm remembering was in Ready or Not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the last time I saw her and I was just so happy to see her. And I was like, "Ooh, good choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andy's in some in a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, well, that's yeah, absolutely. Or, or wasn't a lot of things. And now isn't. Yeah, as much. Yeah, anymore. not as much. Uh, feels like a victim of of the women getting older in Hollywood and being sort of shut out. Era. Right. Aged out of Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. Which I hate so much. Um that's part of one reason why I was so excited to see her in that movie. I'm like, yes, she has, she exists. People are re recognizing this thing that is real. Yeah. <laughs> more, more Andy, please. Yes. 1000%. Uh, Simon Callow. <laughs> it was almost a very different name. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. He's just so no. angry all the time in this. <laughs> he judges every wedding. Yes, he's there, arms crossed in the corner, <laughs> not talking to anybody, um, and and makes like these kind of rude, unnecessary judgments. On... He's like, I give this wedding one funeral. Yeah, he's like, you sound like a garbage can. <laughs> what a terrible speech! <laughs> you are you really going to marry this trash? <laughs> I object on the grounds that this is trash. <laughs> 
Um, but yes, I didn't, I didn't even think about that until I said the name, but yes, different <laughs> Simon. Um, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. So far, I don't know these people. I, I imagine it's, these are all very British folks. Yeah, I think so. Nice. Um, Sant, uh, Simon was also in Phantom of the Opera, mm. um, A Room with a View, which sure. I have not seen. No, familiar name. Shakespeare in Love. Oh, I saw Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. Yeah. That um, was fun. And he's been in a lot of TV stuff um, that I have not seen, mm. but um, seems to be like a, you know, doing, does a lot of like sort of um, guest supporting roles and character work. So yeah. Keeping that career alive. I love that. Anyone in anyone from a movie from, uh, from 90, from 94, I'm always happy to hear still working. Yes um yeah there's a lot of people this is like all part of like basically hugh grant's or charles's like friend group in the movie nice um, I, I as soon as you mentioned that earlier the friend group thing i was like i'm not used to seeing that in an expanded way in in rom-coms i feel like they truly are just like for comic effect but there's like one of them or maybe two like each person on one side has their one funny friend so it's nice to hear like a good friend group happening in this movie yeah, it's yeah, honestly it is pretty unique. Um mm. it's a yeah, it's a good group of friends that like all seem to be kind of in this sort of similar thematic search for love thing, but uh, <laughs> but also there is love there. Anyway, I'll get into that later. Um <laughs> uh let's see who else is in this. John Hanna, um who I mostly know from The Mummy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I never saw it still. One day. Uh Kristen Scott Thomas that's a familiar name for me the english patient didn't see it <laughs> let's see what else is uh kristen in uh that's the only thing i recognized uh gosford park oh only, familiar familiar only god forgives and then also a lot of tv stuff it feels like oh gotcha yeah yeah i'm not recognizing much oh. from her oh mm. and fleabag yeah i never oh that's cool though yeah i never saw that one yeah, I'm I'm recognizing some of these names, but I don't think I actually ever saw any of these. Did mm -hmm. I see Confession? I didn't see Confessions of a Shopaholic. I saw Shop Girl. Very different, I mm. assume. Very different. But um, similar name, sort of. Yeah. Oh, she was on Abfab, though. That's cool. Yeah. yeah that's, that's my flea bag. Abfab is my flea bag. <laughs> I have not seen that. Oh, oh, it's such a great show. Oh, it's a beautiful show. Okay. Yeah, that was like showing on Comedy Central all the time when I was a kid. And I was like, this is a show with two uh, older women who are hilarious and incredible and they don't give a fuck about anybody. Uh, and it's the best. I love that. That sounds very like much what Fleabag was, too. Oh, nice. Well, there you go, then. I yeah. love that. Add that to my to my list. Oh, hell yeah. Um, And then, yeah, then we have Rowan Atkinson. Oh, oh, nice! Not as Mr. Bean, but as Father Gerald. Oh, I does he does he do his stuff? Does he do his shtick? Um, not 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 in the uh, sense of Mr. Bean, but there's a little bit of like, it's different. It's not it's not the same. Good. I kind of yeah. like that. I mean, because I just saw I just rewatched Rat Rat Race, and I was like, Jesus, he is so over the top in this movie. So I really do like the idea of him just being like a person. No, honestly, yeah, and it, it's one of my reasons, but yeah, oh, everyone cool. in this movie is very grounded. Oh, yeah, including, hell yes. Including Rowan, so. 
Well, that's um, good to hear. Yeah. So that's pretty much a rundown. That's like kind of the base besides. Well, okay. So Father Gerald's uh, isn't part of the friend group, um, but. I felt like I was like, okay, he's like kind of known for being Mr. Bean. And I was like, he's in this movie. So I want to like mention him, but everyone else is part of the friend group. That's the right move, I think. Yeah. Um, But that's pretty much a rundown of like the cast and, and writing and directing. Um, So what's your first impression? All of those other people were in the friend group. God damn. It's a big friend group. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm really excited to see like how they pull that off. That's fascinating to me. I already like the architecture of this more than I was expecting to. Okay. Um, and there's no one in it that I inherently dislike. I love uh, I love the idea of seeing younger Hugh Grant because I feel like that era of Hugh Grant is not quite like where I saw him. You know, I feel like I started with Love Actually and About a Boy and those, but I feel like when he really was first like popping, which is a weird thing to say about Hugh Grant. <laughs> You know, when he was really popping off as Hugh Grant, the befuddled Englishman. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I, the things that really made him famous are the things that I didn't watch because I was like a boy being like, oh, a rom-com. Right. So, I, yeah, this I'm already in a good spot for this one. Good. Yeah. Um, I feel like. I feel like that's good news then. I love, I love hearing that. Uh, I mean, I, even like you saying the architecture of it, because I, I honestly wasn't sure if that came across in like the synopsis that well, but um, it's no, absolutely. It's pretty unique. I think for like a rom-com. Yeah. Um, I really, I, I love to hear that because there did, you know, it, it eventually there was this sort of spot where they all kind of had the same math to them mm-hmm, because definitely. studios were like studios get math. <laughs> yeah um no two there's people, definitely yeah yeah oh, two sorry. people one person uh and two I people mean, hate each other and then they love each other at the end <laughs> right and that that is a lot of it or it's like the ex it's like the friend you've always like overlooked oh like, yeah the course. love was always there the whole time right but they just didn't have that kind of thing they were platonic until until uh yeah she took like, off her glasses <laughs> yeah oh god or like two people who never met before uh had a meet cute because one of them dropped something and the other picked up the thing <laughs> right or yeah. you mix that with all of all of them and it all somehow works good lord Yep. And then, yeah, it's always like, yeah, running to the airport, all the tropes of like, wait, I gotta, I mean, there's a little bit of some stuff of that in this, but it's really like, not like, yeah, like I imagine imagine that this actually probably created a lot of those tropes, but in a way where it seems like it didn't, uh, you know, be terrible about it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like even looking at his, um, his IMDb now, it looks like this was the first one for him that like I ever heard about at least that really like popped off Hugh Grant. I'm just going to keep saying it. Popped <laughs> off Hugh Grant's popping right now. Yeah, he was he was popping, he's popping again. Like 9 months Sense and Sensibility, um The Englishman Who Went Up a Hill But Came Down a Mountain. Like these are all in Notting Hill in 99, Mickey Blue Eyes. Like these are all names I very much remember but never saw. Yeah. Like they were big. People were dying over them. Um, and I just missed out on it and loved him much after that because they weren't targeted towards boys. So stupid. So, <laughs> yeah. So this is exciting. I feel like I'm I'm catching up on, on something. Yeah. Yeah. Early Hugh Grant, uh, before the pop. Yeah. Pre-pop or, or like just pop. I think this was like the pop. This, this was, was the pop, the pop moment. 
this is the moment where Hugh Grant, uh, and also it sounds like this, uh, this writer kind of brought Hugh Grant into, you know, the universe of like Bridget Jones and Love yes. Actually, like kind of carried him into into the other projects. So yeah, they were. It sounds like they were a duo. Yeah, some collaboration. <laughs> we love it. Oh, it's good to see. Um, all right, you ready to hear my reasons? I absolutely am. Great. <laughs> Okay, so my first reason is um, the screenplay. Ooh. Um, it's just, it's just really, f- it's funny and it's very grounded. Mm. Um, it's very realistic conversations and interactions and likable but complicated characters. Um, it just feels very like, you know, you're. It feels like, yeah, conversations and sort of like interactions and relationships that would sort of like form or um just exist at like weddings at at, at these sort of like big fun events um, oh yeah that's great yeah it's i think it's just really well written perfect yeah i love that definitely a sucker for it every time <laughs> yes um so that's my first reason uh my second reason also kind of you know it's tied into the writing but um this movie is it's like it's a romantic comedy it's about romance but it's also about uh the imperfections of love and Mm. the various ways in which you can love someone um and not just like a uh a romantic relationship type of love it definitely digs into like the friendship love um Mm. of this like big friend group and like these sort of like interesting group of characters who end up kind of going through these going to these different weddings and events together hmm okay i like that yeah it it sounds like they do an interesting balance of focus wise yeah um and it's and like the imperfections it's like fair there's a lot of stuff that i feel like can be a little bit um that is sort of tropey in in like yeah later rom-coms of like mm-hmm. oh the yeah the friend who was always there and was like actually the your soulmate the whole time <laughs> um there's like some interesting sort of like uh stuff that happens in this movie that kind of like gets into that but it's not in the way you would expect mm. um and it's very realistic like there's a lot of like you know sort of like maybe this could have been a relationship uh but it didn't work out timing wise and that's just how it is it's not like oh we turn this around and there's a lot of like <laughs> of um of of yeah just of like a little bit of you know there's some unrequited love that just like kind of stays that way interesting um, yeah which... well i do like to see that because i have experienced a lot of unrequited love and things like that so i'm always like oh look it didn't work out that's more realistic to me. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's it just goes back to yeah, it being like a very yeah, realistic kind of grounded world where nice. it doesn't always work out the way you think it's going to and it's not like perfect romance setup um that I think can be uh sort of yeah, a trope in in rom-coms. And yeah. maybe it is cuz it started it's like yeah, early 90s and so they didn't get into the tropes yet, but yeah, no, and I love that. I think that it's always annoying to see like a wish fulfillment trope and things like that. So it's nice to see things a little rockier than than uh, than perfect. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think this movie does a really good job of like, um, you're you, you really don't know how 
how it's going to end up because it is so rocky throughout that you're like, mm. there's a little bit of like, at least for the first time watching it, you know, you're kind of like, oh, well, I do, I really don't know um, how it's going to go, how it's going to go. Yeah. Nice. You really don't know how he's going to, who he's going to end up with and like why. And oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's played out very very realistically where like just like real life romance where some <laughs> sometimes you really there isn't like necessarily an explanation for why two people aren't together or like there is and it's like that's just what it is like yeah it's just timing or whatever <laughs> yeah timing um yeah just and then yeah like the feelings aren't aren't matched at the same time and, right yeah. yeah exactly um so i think it it digs into that and then it's about sort of uh yeah the love of a friend of like a friend group like a lot of it is just like these kind of friends who get invited to multiple weddings and you see <laughs> sort of like all the different dynamics and how they're dealing with like love and and sort of like uh dealing with not really you know being the ones to be married oh yeah sure yeah nice um my third reason is um, it's, I guess I would say it's probably uh, direction and performances, um, but mm. specifically uh, there are certain jokes that I feel like are very like, they work really well because of like just specific like directing um, and like mm. the camera is in a certain place where like if the camera had been uh had had revealed some sort of image a little bit earlier the joke wouldn't have landed um and it's very like there's just some really great like shots and reveals that i think um really like make the laughs land even harder <laughs> yeah oh okay that's cool then um my fourth reason is scarlet who is um one of the friends in this group uh but her character is just like someone that i feel like i would want to be friends with um, oh that's awesome so scarlet and and charles hugh grant's character are always like the there's a running bit in this movie that they're like constantly late mm -hmm. um and scarlet is uh i don't know she just has like a lot of other quirks that come out in her character that like uh feel very yeah i guess it's it's a specific grounded character and like but unique very different from everyone else who's at the wedding but also some like someone you could actually like see uh i guess knowing in real life as having as being a little bit weird a little bit kooky but mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. but like an, a, a pleasure to be around oh cool all right yeah i love i love a character like that yeah um and yeah, I think she, I think just the uh, the the act the actor who uh, played Scarlett Charlotte Coleman just did a really great job. Um, so yeah, hmm. that's my fourth reason. Cool, cool, cool. And my fifth and final reason is that this movie is kind of a reminder, and like a really I feel like good painting of like the magic of weddings. Um but also the mess of them. Mm. So it's a lot of like, you see like lots of hints of like, yeah, like it's love. We're celebrating love. Um, but also there's a lot of like, you know, kind of weird desperation and like feeling like you have to like, it's like this weird place where you have to like 
be in love. Um, yeah, it's a unique, weird dynamic, uh, or like a, it's a weird sort of bubble. It is. Um, and I feel like they really like hit home on the whole, like sort of being single at a wedding feelings. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's a fun one. I do. I can definitely relate to that one. So that sounds like a cool thing to see. Yeah. And they do it in a way that is like, uh, like from multiple point of views, because you're kind of like circling, you see like sort of these little um, short interactions with these characters, like with other people at the at the weddings, and they kind of jump around to these little like funny moments. Um, and it's all stuff that like, I feel like is so, so relatable as somebody who goes to a wedding, like being like, oh, okay, I'm at another wedding, like, not, <laughs> not with anybody. Uh, who can I meet here tonight? But also like, I don't know. There's something, there's just something very interesting about seeing like the jump, the perspective of different people in this friend group who are sort of experiencing like a, a different versions of the same thing. Oh yeah. I do like that. I think that's fun. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that emphasizes their differences in a cool way too. It definitely does. Yeah. Nice. Ooh, um, also, also Charlotte Coleman. I'm looking, I'm looking to see if I've seen her in anything. I haven't, but she was, uh, it looks like in the TV show, how do you want me? which uh, it looks like she was starring along like opposite Dylan Moran, who is my favorite stand-up comedian. And I love very much uh, from black books, an incredible TV show. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like I really at some point would love to watch this show because he is just so damn funny. So it's good to know that she also is fantastic. That's cool. Yeah. She's very funny. Uh, oh, that's so awesome. I'm sure they're incredible together then because like that's, because he's so good. And Peter Serafinowicz was in it. Oh, my God. What? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, oh, is, this has to be a good show. That's got to be a lot of comedy. Go yeah, comedy geniuses together. Oh, I love it. British British shows that I've never seen before that have all the funny British people in them. Always a treat. What is it called? How do you? How do you want me? It looks How like do you want me? literally it looks like it's 1998 to 1999. So very watchable. <laughs> nice. One season. One and done. There you go. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. I guess my bonus reason is that it's just very like funny and like in a in surprising ways too. Um, Ooh, that's good. Especially from like especially a movie from the 90s where you're like, will it hold up? Will it be funny still? I'm glad to hear it is. Yes. Oh yeah, that's another thing. Is it holds up very well. There's nothing like mm, good cringy. <laughs> um, there's not really oh oh also um it holds up better than love actually that's good to hear <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think so that's good news <laughs> yeah love actually i guess yeah doesn't really yeah after that one article that just tore it apart i was like we all agree with this article now this is a very good point <laughs> yes yes <laughs> um oh also another bonus an extra bonus reason is uh <laughs> this movie uh feature it, it, it's like there's also a uh, deaf character in this movie and they do mm. a lot of ASL and it's very just like, I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it's oh, nice. Uh, yeah. It's not played for laughs or whatever. It's not played for laughs. No. Oh, that's so awesome. Um, Yeah. It's just like somebody. Okay. Yeah. This person uh, doesn't hear and he's at, he's, he's um, Hugh Grant's he's Charles's brother. Oh, cool. Um, And yeah, I think, yeah, everything in this movie, it's just like, yeah, these are all people 
nothing is played nothing is uh, punching down or like jokes made mm. at anyone's expense unless they're just like saying something stupid <laughs> um yeah there's there's a lot of really funny like dialogue in this movie that feels very like british humor <laughs> oh that's great Yes, uh, I feel like I forgot there was one specific part. I think it was like two of the characters are like taking photos uh, of like the wedding party or whatever. And they're like, I think that was splendid. How do you feel? Oh, it was splendid. How do you feel? And it goes back and forth and it feels very <laughs> like, um, I don't know, Monty Python. Very splendid. Yes, very splendid. Oh, cool. Um, But that's pretty much all my reasons. Nice. So what do you think? Yeah, I would be down to see this movie. Absolutely. I think that uh, I think that I. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to check it out. Sweet. Mm-hmm, I did mm-hmm. it. Well done. Awesome. Well, if anyone listening has seen this, let us know what you think uh, and follow us on Instagram. At you need to see this podcast. <laughs> um, and also on Facebook and on X formerly twitter <laughs> it's true it's true uh we we miss twitter as a name i personally do anyway <laughs> I, yeah it's like i i guess i guess i miss it more as a concept than as a name but yeah but even then like yeah it was it was nice to know that it was nice to know that there was a social media thing that wasn't explicitly being run by a monster that's a good feeling. That's what it is. Yeah, it's really just, <laughs> I think knowing that it's called X now is just a reminder that of who's in charge of it. So Oh, completely. And I'm always annoyed that I can't like look at random things on there anymore. Like I used to, I yeah, like even without having it, I was always like, well, I can just open the website and I can look at like these two accounts that I'm occasionally following. And now it's just like, hey, bad news. Yeah, it's a changed place. Mm, so very accurate i'd love to see like i would love to see a new type of like a new social media platform that's sort of stupid on purpose and just kind of like laid back and like not run by anyone interesting and like maybe middle to low rent but people love it because it's so dumb yeah i don't know why like i wonder what that that really appeals to me like um i don't know maybe like a social media site that like just like the only way you can communicate it on, on it is like through um like uh really ter- like terrible 3D um things and gifts yeah yeah like I sticker love that. like a sticker website or it's like the only way you can talk is through stickers but they're all the weirdest dumbest stickers and you don't have a lot of choices yeah and you're like oh my god i want to talk to you on sticker talk what the hell is sticker talk i don't know it's fine it's stupid the only way you can talk is through alligators playing tennis. It's great. <laughs> Something about that seems so much more appealing to me. I do love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I, I don't know. I, I one time wanted to, I pitched like a, just like talking about a, a social media set. And I was like, I just want like a bulletin board <laughs> where it's like, I mean, I guess Instagram is kind of going for that, but I'm like, I want to just like be able to put up like little notes, like everyone just has their own personal bulletin board and then everyone can cut, like people can come by and like stick things on your board. And that's that seems fun. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's like playful and like not that serious. Um, Yeah, I would love that. It was if it were like made by some random person who's like, this is my first app and it's fine. I'm not really expecting to make money off of this and there's no advertising because it's just dumb. 
Like that would be a treat. Yes. Or like an <laughs> 8-bit social media where it's like all you can, it's all 8-bit graphics. <laughs> oh, I would love that. That would be a treat. And profile pictures. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that would be very fun. I mean, I did, I remember doing something similar to that um, during COVID where someone was like, my birthday is happening on this one website. And it's like a website where you control like a little 8-bit character and everybody does. And when you get close to each other, like a camera shows up and you can like talk to each other. You can play little games in there. It was a cute idea. I liked it a lot. Oh, I think I do remember they, it was, yeah, it had like a simple name too. It was like town hall or something. Or yeah. Town. Something like that. I'm sure. I do remember this being like kind of cropping up during uh, 2020. Yeah. There's something I like about how that was a thing for a second and that's the amount of time it needed to be a thing for. <laughs> yeah. I think some, I think more social media should be like that. It should be like a phase. <laughs> yeah, like not addictive, but more like, hey, we heard about this and it was dumb and then we did it and it was fun and we probably will occasionally be like, oh, remember that dumb thing? <laughs> anyway, if any of you are listening out there who make social media <laughs> apps and you want to do this thing. Yes, do it. Make us an account. <laughs> yeah, make us an account on your weird, silly app and we'll... We'll be able to like, uh, we'll be able to send little voice clips to each other that are that are only grocery lists or something. Yes. Oh my gosh. Communicating in, in groceries is fun. That would be amazing. I would love that. That's all I want. Some stupid. Yeah, exactly. Um, Wonder bread. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What does that mean? What is zucchini and Wonder Bread? Does that mean Ooh. we're friends still? <laughs> oh, why does it have to have meaning? <laughs> <laughs> that I would just, be so funny. I'd love that. Yes. My anxious brain would be like, oh my God, they sent me a Wonder Bread. Does yeah. that mean they hate me? Oh God. Yes. Yeah. It's like the problem with social media is the social aspect where you're like, oh no, this could right. mean so many things. The ability to overthink it. Yeah. I would love, I would love a, a social media site that doesn't come from like, uh I feel I feel like a lot of social media started when we were like when people were like in college or like younger now or it's just like there's there's so much social stuff attached to it mm -hmm. I would love it where you're like oh no you know this is just a, a weird social media thing in your 30s that like has no meeting yeah <laughs> oh a treat ah <sighs> one day one day we hope so anyway recommendations <laughs> Oh well, yeah, I have those. Yeah. Um, my recommendation is to see the movie Birth Rebirth. Birth Rebirth. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for for those who haven't heard about this one, it is a. Uh, I first of all, I recommend watching the trailer because it's interesting. Uh, it's from this year. It's out right now in like one movie theater, just like all the things I love. Um, hopefully you can watch it online or something. But it's a retelling of the Frankenstein story, like a modern version. Hmm. Um, but it has more to do with uh, like a mortician or or an autopsy person, something like that. Working in a like the bottom, like the basement of a hospital, um, who basically like kidnaps the the body of a child and and like brings it back to life, and hmm. then the mom finds out, and so they're kind of just doing it together. Oh, and it's really fascinating and weird, um, but also very normal. And it's it doesn't feel as much like a horror movie. It feels a lot more like um, sort of a sci-fi movie a little bit in that they're like, here's a concept. 
no jump scares required. Like, it doesn't feel like a movie where it's like, oh, God, things are evil. Things are blah, blah, blah. It's more just like um, tension. Like, there's tension involved and patience. It's a little slow, but it's still very good and uh, some good dark comedy in it. But I really just like, I love the one of the main characters, like the Dr. Frankenstein character. She's just great. Mm. She's really great. She, um, it's, it's just like, it's an awesome movie, uh, directed by a woman and written by, I think a woman and a, and potentially a guy. Um, and it's just like, there are almost no male characters in it. And the few that are in it are just dumb. And it's (laughs) obvious that they're very dumb and they're dismissed very quickly. And it's great. Love it. Yeah, it's really a, a it's cool to see a character like her in it because she's very much like she doesn't take shit and she's very like to the point and very matter of fact and also like a science person and she's not like falling in love with someone and she's not like there's no like bullshit. It's truly just like I am a Frankenstein doctor and that's my deal. And if you're getting in the way, then you're an idiot. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's a real treat. That sounds uh it sounds good. Yeah, it's a cool movie. It's it's a cool concept above most other things, but it's also a cool execution of that concept. And uh and um Carla from Scrubs is in it. Oh my god, you know, I was just about to say that because I was looking at the IMDb while you're talking about it and I was like, "Oh yeah, Judy Rice." Yeah, it's nice to see her. That's awesome. Yeah, she's she plays the mom, and so it's like really about her and about the Dr. Frankenstein character like and their dynamic and it's good. Good movie. Good. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's a lot to say about a movie. Uh, um, but yeah, what about yourself? It is, but it's you know obviously uh, a a good recommendation if you have enough to say about it, right? I hope so. I really do, and it's also just nice to see like an indie horror movie on any level. Yeah, and directed by and written by a woman who hell yes, and features and it features mostly women. So yeah, great. I'm so happy about that. They did such a good job with it. Oh, um, my recommendation is uh, donating to your local animal shelter. Ooh, I love it. Yeah, I uh, I recently um, moved and I uh, had like extra cat litter that I didn't need. And I just like, mm. didn't know I just didn't know. And I assumed that you could donate it to a shelter. But I like, I went over there and they're basically always at looking for donations of food and, and litter and, uh, you know, obviously applies to dogs too. So if you have not dog litter, but dog food, um, <laughs> just dogs in general, you can just donate the dogs. Yeah, oh, no. You can that also like do the that. opposite of what they want. Yeah. They do allow you to donate their dog though. It is not recommended. <laughs> oh, they're actually no. looking to get dogs out. So yeah, they're um, trying to, trying to get some dogs donated themselves. Always a good thing. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, no. And definitely, if you are going to donate your dog to the shelter, probably don't put it in the bin where you put the dog. Yeah, no, this is very key. And if you're donating a dog to a cat shelter, like that's a big move. I wouldn't recommend it. That is a power move. (laughs) Yeah, like that says a lot about everybody involved. Yes, um, you're really playing with fire (laughs) donating a dog to a cat shelter. Yeah, like that's that's an evil choice. And I kind of am impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm somehow re- still respect it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that is my recommendation. Nice. Um, plugs. Yes, plugs. Um, I think the same ones as last time. Uh, tonight, go to go to Crash's Beach Bonfire Party at 7 p.m. 
um, at the clubhouse main stage. See all the people I told you about last time. Um, and on, on a different day, specifically on the 21st of September, come to see uh, Dubset and Drunkards and Dragons, 8 p.m., the Broadwater Studio with special guest Haley Mancini, who is hilarious. Um, and that's that's pretty much it for me for right now. Like we're setting up a a, a breast can like a crash this breast cancer awareness uh charity show for October 2nd. So keep your eyes peeled for that one, your ears peeled for that. We're gonna get some cool people and we're gonna get people donating for breast cancer uh research. I, I don't know if we've picked a specific thing charity-wise for that yet, but we're gonna and it's going to be good. Hell yeah. All about it. Love it. Um, mm-hmm. My plug is also, I think, the same as last time. Um, <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe there's one less plug. Uh, but my plug now is <laughs> October 1st, uh, Dreamboat, 9 p.m. Hell yes. Pack awesome, theater. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you, everyone who's listening. Uh, if you feel so inclined, uh, give us a five-star rating. Uh, leave a review and let your friends know about the podcast yeah those would all be good things to do yes please and if I'm you leave a review mm-hmm. we are we are pro friends listening to podcasts i would say very much so <laughs> yes um and if your friends subscribe and if they leave a five-star review we will read it yes and if you're and if the television show friends subscribes we will read synopses of those episodes on the air <laughs> yes every single episode going forward we will have <laughs> one episode uh summarized here on this podcast yes but friends also would have to make new episodes for that to work so they have to make sure to hold up their end of the bargain <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> we need to see a uh, modern day friends in new york with uh with um out of control rent and the more <laughs> realistic modern day version where it's like a group of friends who are like you guys, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I don't know about New York anymore. <laughs> that would be very funny if they literally were like in New York for one episode and then a bunch of them moved home to different parts of the country and that was the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, they like realized that the, it's like them later on where they're like, New York was fun in our uh, 20s. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I gave up very quickly. Uh, uh, this person moved in with a friend and couch surfed for like about four months and then realized that it just wasn't working in new york for them (laughs) yeah they're like you know i just thought i wanted to settle down uh survival friends (laughs) yeah that would be Uh, incredible this one's a bike courier and doesn't have time to see any of their friends which is fine because they moved away (laughs) (laughs) yeah but they still have zoom They, they do zoom uh friend hangouts every once in a while every once in a while like the realistic version is half of them aren't there every time. And there are times where like, they're like, sorry, I have to cancel really quick because I have to like deal with, oh God, it's just Nebraska is very difficult. It's very cold right now. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm in a different time zone and I have to put the kids to bed. So, or like, I thought we were in a different, I thought I was, we were starting at a different time. I forgot the time zone difference. Yeah. A lot of text message threads of last minute flaking, like, oh, actually (laughs) I have, I'm sick too. And, uh, and the show is just called Ends. <laughs> yeah, Ends. <laughs> That's great. Oh, no. Incredible. <laughs> it sounds fun. <laughs> it sounds fun and very uh, real. 
Yeah, it feels real. It feels like everyone figured their stuff out in some way or another throughout the show. It's just not necessarily what they were expecting. <laughs> exactly. Um, just like this movie, Four Weddings and a Funeral. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, thank you so much for listening to You Need to See This. Thank you, and thank you, Bree. Thanks. I feel it in my finger. I feel it in my toe. Love is all around me, and so the feeling grows. Have you got a boyfriend? Yes. What's his name? Oh, he's good at table tennis. What about you? Nah, afraid not. Why not? I don't know. Because most of the blokes I fancy think I'm stupid and pointless. And so they just bunk me and then leave me. And the kind of blokes that do fancy me, I think are drips. I can't be bothered to bunk them. Which does sort of leave me a bit nowhere. What's bunking? Well... It's kind of like table tennis, only with slightly smaller balls. <laughs>